98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station and the home of the Suns. Home of the Suns. We're checking in with Suns nerd Kellen Olsen on the rundown. Yeah, we are. Luke Lipinski back here with you. And three weeks from tonight, Suns Mavericks on national television. We're joined now on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line by the one and only Kellen Olsen. Kellen, how are you doing tonight? I feel like everyone has the same reaction. Um, there was that clip of LeBron uh, on the podcast talking about the Suns, and he Richard Jefferson co-hosts that podcast. And when LeBron told Richard he plays the, his first preseason game in 13 days, Richard was like, 13 days? <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild and kind of hard to believe, but we're, we're getting there. Uh, let's let's start with the little stuff. The Suns not playing on Christmas Day. The schedule uh, for that was released last night. Uh, I guess two-part question. When are we getting the actual first half of the NBA season schedule? Is that supposed to be Friday? We don't know. Yeah, okay. we, we don't know. We heard rumblings of yesterday, and then it never happens. I would assume this week with how they're kind of slowly rolling out the first week and Christmas and stuff like that sometime this week. Okay, so now with the Christmas stuff, uh, were you A, surprised that the Suns aren't on there, and B, is it a big deal to you at all? No, it's, it's, it's not a big deal to me, and I'm not surprised because what people have to understand about that spot is that you look at it and you say, like, this is where the top teams go, and I think it was kind of, framed it in a wrong way that is where that is where some of the top teams go but it's also where some of the top attractions go the pelicans and the warriors took the two spots where you figured where you would have penciled in the suns but you just got to remember like the the bottom line is uh, i hate to say this but more people are going to tune in for to watch zion than the suns more people are going to tune in to watch steph than the suns like they they run a lot of numbers and know a lot of stuff in terms of their viewership and what they want to see and that's the bottom line right now but this is the the point there is this the bubble is going to be an extension of this upcoming season for Devin, where he really certifies himself as one of those guys, as one of the five to ten players that fans want to see on national TV. Um, and, and I'm, I'm expecting quite a few national TV games for them already this upcoming season, of course, with Chris Paul and how the bubble went, where he'll really be able to certify himself as one of the stars in the league and be one of those guys where, okay, you're not one of the five or six best teams in the league, but you're one of the most exciting, and you have this star player who we want people to see on Christmas. And it'll get there. I would be, I would be very surprised if within like two to three years they weren't playing on Christmas just because of the caliber of player that Devin is. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, that, that all kind of broke during our show last night, and that was sort of my reaction of like, yeah, I mean, we all want to see them on Christmas, but A, it's not that big of a deal, and B, just go out there and do this season what we expect you to do, and you'll probably be on Christmas within a year or two, like you just said. Uh, okay, I want to get your impression on some of the, the Zoom calls that the Suns have had this week. I want to ask you about a couple of things. I'll start with Monty Williams yesterday when he was asked what he wants from, or what he is hoping from Devin Booker this season. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said, like, the sky's still the limit with Devin Booker. And he even mentioned, you know, maybe he could get up into MVP conversation. Do we really know what the ceiling is on Booker now that Chris Paul's here? No, I'm glad you said it because I don't think enough people have been talking about it. The discussion points have maybe more been that, like, can they coexist? I absolutely think they can coexist and to the point where I think Devin gained so much from the small amount of time he spent with Team USA and seeing how guys like Durant, Kyrie, Steph, Clay, how they operate. And he's going to get an entire season with, like, almost the best example of that type of competitor in the league, which is Chris. And... I just don't even know. That's that's what like. If you wanted me to absolutely shut down the notion that he could not make first team All NBA this year, I won't do it because I just don't know 
the levels that he's going to be able to reach with a guy like Chris, just from so many different levels. I'm not even talking about really on the court first. I'm just talking about the day-to-day and how they're going to improve so much faster um, with Paul just setting the tone in practice every day and just being that type of guy who has young players grow at an accelerated rate with him. And the thing that's so exciting from those Zoom calls and hearing from Monty and hearing from Chris is Monty and, and Chris had a go at this a decade ago. Monty's first NBA uh, season as a head coach was with Chris Paul, and then Chris Paul got traded the year after. And Monty spoke like someone who maybe didn't have regrets. That's a bit strong, but certainly reflects on that time and thinks like how better, how much better it could have gone. And and Chris Paul brought up today on his Zoom call that him and Monty had an unbelievable—that's the word that he used to describe it—conversation uh, where they both just kind of talked about how they've grown as not only player coach, but as people, because it's been a whole decade. Chris was 25. Now he's 35. And, and Monty's gotten so much more experience as a coach that I think that they're just, they're both just so excited to like be back with each other and, and with all that they've learned and, and come to know, and who is that going to benefit the most? It's going to benefit Devin the most. Yeah. But I, I, I really can't honestly say like, what, is he going to be a top five MVP candidate? I'm not going to shut it down. I won't do it. He's that good. <laughs> well, that's great. It's great to even be able to to say that and have it you know be legitimate. It's not just like, oh, we want the Suns to be good because they're here, so that means Devin Booker's a top five player. This isn't that. I mean, there's a possibility that he achieves that this season. Uh, what were your first impressions of Chris Paul on the Zoom call today? I mean, obviously you're familiar with him. He's been in the league for 15 years. But as far as, as Chris Paul as a son – Anything in particular he said today stand out to you? Um, You've been on a lot of Zoom calls and just heard a lot of Larry Fitzgerald interviews, as I'm sure a lot of people listening have as well, just as fans of the Cardinals. And it was sort of a version of that where he's been around so many times that he knows how to navigate and not even navigate. That's the wrong word. That makes it sound like he's like shying away from questions or anything. He can really take any question at all, a good or a bad one, and make his own interesting point on it. And he's also someone who's incredibly self-aware. He multiple times referenced like, hey, look, like I might not be everyone's cup of tea when it comes to when I'm being a competitor at this level. But the bottom line is like, I will never tell someone to do something that I wouldn't be willing to do myself. And that, and he just has really seemed to have grown. He even referenced like moments in Houston and Houston was only like three to four years ago for him when he was in his thirties already of just things that he learned. And he talked about a moment with an assistant coach there where the assistant coach told him, like, look, like, you just got to get past the fact that the bottom line is, like, some guys aren't going to care as much as you. (laughs) Like, that's just the unfortunate truth here. And you got to learn how to, like, battle with that and and get past that. And, again, like, that was three to four years ago. So he's still learning. He talked about his OKC season and how he learned that he, while he respects everything that the media does and he doesn't mean any offense to us, um, all those expectations and predictions are nonsense at the end of the day because he proved it in Oklahoma City. So I, I, it's just really cool to hear from a guy like that who hit hit this point when he was playing with Monty a decade ago where he was one of the five to ten best players in the league, and he's continued to like learn and grow. And I think that Suns fans, on top of like what I've been saying for the past couple of months, and like I don't think they understand how good of a player he is. He's just a really top-level person, too, with the work that he's done with the Players Association and everything that he does off the court as well. And I think people are going to be really um, – he's going to become really endearing for fans to hear from. You know, the the perception of the organization, I feel like, has changed so much now in the last few weeks, and, and certainly from where it was two years ago, it's 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 like night and day 
I mean, this is not, there's no right answer to this question, I guess, but just in your opinion, what percentage of that do you think is simply the fact that Chris Paul is on the team? Because now you've got LeBron talking about them and you've got people nationally taking notice. And like, I know a lot of it is the fact they went 8-0 in the bubble, but just the credibility he brings simply by putting the Suns uniform on, it, has, it feels like it's changed everything. I think there's a different way to phrase it. I think that he instilled a lot of credibility because of the reasons that he decided to come here, which were what the Suns have already built here and, and Devin being here. He came here because he wanted to play with Devin, because he saw what Monty was doing here. He saw what James Jones was doing here. And the thing is, uh, Luke, the Jay Crowder story earlier in the week, like he turned down more money in Dallas, and Dallas has just struck out on free agent after free agent the past decade the Suns, and I know a lot of longtime fans are going to tell me like they haven't had a, like a huge free agent signing or whatever, but like people want to live here. It's a very desirable place to be. We have all those clips from all these years of just like Kevin Durant saying like Old Town and Scottsdale is like his favorite place to be and his favorite one of his favorite cities that isn't the one that he plays in. And like Blake Griffin was another one, I think. Like guys want to play here, so it was just a matter of them taking that advantage they had and working with it. And that's what they've really done here. And you hear Jay Crowder say the same thing. Like he just played against book and, and Chris Paul described it as like, we're, we borderline fought almost every time we played against each other because that's how much of a competitor he is. And if you play like that at the level that Devin does for four to five years, which is what he's done, you're going to earn the respect of everyone around the league. And they're also going to want to play with you. And that's what happened. Chris Paul wanted to play with Devin Booker. Jay Crowder wanted to play with Devin Booker. I, I know some people are going to be rubbed the wrong way by us, like propelling someone this much who hasn't been in the playoffs before, but that's about to change. And he's about to show people uh, why this is the case and why he's so well-respected around the league. Um, and it's, it's a huge, huge deal. Like having that caliber of talent just does so much for you in a league like this specifically, that is really unlike the major league baseball or the NFL or the NHL, even where you can really like dictate guys coming to you based on, your situation and what you can offer guys, which is playing with Devin and playing for money. Yeah. How long have we been talking about this where it's the NBA? You have to be able to get other really good players to want to play for your team. And now it's a, a version of it is happening here for the Suns. Uh, Kellen, real quick before we let you go, just want to get your thoughts on that Westbrook trade tonight for people that haven't heard it yet. Uh, Russell Westbrook going to the Wizards and John Wall in a first round pick coming back to Houston. I really have no idea because it's been it's been a really long time since we've seen John Wall fully healthy. Like he's played he played like a year or two ago, but he was battling through injuries a lot. And when he was uh, like five six years ago, he was one of the one of the best uh, border, an all star every single year. Like one of the top ten fifteen best players in the league. He was Optimus Dime. He was an awesome point guard. I, I think he's a more team friendly version, obviously, than Russell Westbrook to put alongside James Harden. But you still want the ball in Wall's hands because of how great of a playmaker he is. I'm not sure on the Houston side. I love it on the Washington side. I think that if you stick Russell Westbrook in with a million shooters and one of them is Bradley Beal, that that can work. That can work for sure. If Russell Westbrook is just the downhill force that he was driving in Houston for that three-month stretch, if he can be that in Washington, and the key thing to remember is Washington's head coach is Scott Brooks. And, and Scott Brooks has done nothing but just praise Russell time after time for this time they spent in Oklahoma City together, but also just years later and continues to speak really highly, highly of him. Now they're reunited. Russell's got to be like ecstatic that he lands back with him, a coach that really understands his game and helped him grow with those teams with Kevin Durant and James Harden on them. So uh, I'd look at the Washington side more in terms of being excited, but from a Suns perspective, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how to look at the Rockets. I think it's more of a wash than anything. It's not the blow it up trade that we might've expected Luke, where 
they fall down the standings. I don't think that's the case. I think they're going to be in the playoff picture, which is kind of unfortunate to hear for uh, Suns fans. Yeah, I mean, I guess if they're keeping James Harden, it's it's hard to, to write them out of the playoffs. Kellen, great stuff as always, man. Thanks for the time. Thanks.